0: So, it begins! Let's get the Linux gaming on, is Hello, friends and neighbors! Welcome to episode number 203 of the Best Linux Games Podcast! Being recorded for you on this glorious Friday, the 14th of September at 9.16pm uh, Pacific Coast Time. So, for our sequel friends, that would make it twenty eighteen oh nine. 14, 21, 16, uh, left coast, coast for the most time, uh, PM at night, not day, on, uh, yes, Friday, yes, I know, I said Friday, I know, when was the last time we were actually out on a Friday, who fucking knows, it's been a fucking hell of a week, we have a lot of show for you, uh, we actually have a very good I think we have a very good episode for you this week, um, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign, drinking drinking mm. mm. What a hell of a day I've had. And then, like, I mean, for all of us, fucking the week this week is fucking insane. Um, you know, between the, uh, all the houses exploding in fucking Massachusetts, 100 houses explode. I mean, that's either, like, actual sabotage or insanely gross criminal negligence. Like, the kind that they they send you to prison for. Because, like, you caused people's houses to explode. Like, a hundred houses explode. Thank God only one person was killed. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's terrible that anyone died, and I heard that many more were injured, but hmm, so you got that on one hand, you have, um, Hurricane Florence, which is now downgraded to a tropical storm, but it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. It looks like it's meandering around the fucking East Coast like a drunken sailor beating up and torturing his family on shore leave. Um, It's huge. That storm is huge. It's just going to sit there. And then it's going to, like, wander out to sea and dissipate eventually. But that's, like, till next Wednesday. So it's just sitting there drenching the fucking East Coast. Houses are exploding in Massachusetts. Fucking gas mains, man. That's just amazing. Reminds me of that MST3K episode, City on Fire, right, Ivor? Hey, you never saw that one, Ivor? You fired. You fired, Ivor. Fuck you. Fuck off. Get out get out of my studio. Um. And then today, fucking Paul Manafort decides to fucking cop a plea with and cooperate with uh the Mueller investigation, which is followed an hour afterwards by the revelation that Michael Cohen is fucking doing the same thing, it is a bad day been a bad fucking week for Trump and then also, today, fucking Kavanaugh um, evidently, I mean, this is, you know, I don't know the facts, you know, I'm I I support the Me Too movement and everything but like, I don't, even though like, this guy is you, you know, proximate to a legitimate political nemesis, antithetical basically to everything that I stand for and believe in in terms of this country, um, Even though that is true, I still, you know, I will extend the courtesy of saying that alleg- an allegation has surfaced that Kavanaugh tried to rape a girl at a high school party um, when he was in high school. And we're not talking Roy Moore territory here. We're talking like, this is, you know, same age on same age rape. Jesus Christ. I mean, it has been a bewildering fucking... Bewildering week. I did I mention that you're fired? Okay, good. Um, more whiskey. I will hold up that whiskey. Stuff. It has been that kind of week, and I've been fucking slammed all fucking week. I've been slammed. But anyway, I'm excited to be with you here on this Friday night. Um, even though it was only two nights ago that we we were we were together. <laughs> we were also together uh, when we dropped our late Wednesday. Episode. But yeah, this is episode 203, so let's get straight to our top stories. First, let's get straight to the whiskey. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ah. So as uh the schmooze would say, the great Steve Summers from WFAN, which is no longer called WFAN, um back to the toy aisle. Where we reside, because we don't cover the news, we cover the games, because the news is fucking darkness and pain and suffering, and the games make you happy and you're momentarily glad to be alive. Um, and we got we got we got some games for you this week. You're gonna like this. All right, so straight to our top stories. Um, first off, many thanks and props to uh, both Beardy J and Snail Squatch, Snail Squatch in particular, who last night uh, endured. Like a three-hour, drunken, stoned-out-of-my-mind-and-exhausted babble rant about all sorts of fucking insane bullshit. But double thanks to Snail Squatch for introducing me to uh, one of the titles uh, from our feature this week, which we'll get to momentarily. Also, we now have a Discord channel. The problem with our Discord channel, though, is evidently no one can fucking hear my microphone on it. Which is really, really, really irritating to me. Yes? And many again, many thanks and props go out to Snail Squatch, who did try to help me, um, just as like, just having another set of ears on the other end to monitor my output, because there's no other way I can do it. I need someone to help me with it. um, As I tried to work out what the fuck was going on with the configuration... We came to no fucking distinct conclusions. It was basically a total wash, but we do have a Discord channel. Now there's another caveat to our Discord channel. Mm. So I don't know how to our link our our invite link is permanent and it will be posted on our um on our website. That's what it's called. It's called a website. That's right. I remember this, I remember websites, um but it is a terrible fucking link, and I'm, I'm wondering I have to, I haven't had time to look because I just set it up, uh, two nights ago right after I recorded Wednesday's episode, which was last week's episode um, I know that makes no sense but that, it does make sense (laughs) So I haven't had time to look at, like, I mean, I don't know if, like, a um, a link shortener, if the, if the link that it spits out is actually valid for forever, or if it's not, I assume that they might be. But I have to, like, actually, because I, I want to look into actually giving the link to our Discord site, like, a recognizable fucking name. Because right now it is, let's see, uh... It is discord.gg slash 9 V M F H S. Um, and yeah, I try to keep that open at all times now, and uh, so yeah, you can, you can feel free to congregate with other others, uh, uh, the other people from, from your planet, the other, the other uh, members of our fucked up species, our gloriously fucked up species of Linux users who love to game uh, on there, if you wish, um, also, another good, uh, there's some good Discord, uh, groups out there that are really fun, one of my favorites is Linux Game Consortium, um, so look them up, too, when you're there, uh, on Discord, with your Discordness. you're dis. you're, you're discourageable, you're discourageable, um, let's see, uh, yeah, we're working on we're working on that. We're working on. I, what I would really love is if there was. It says they have an Android app for Discord, but I would just really love pigeon integration or some other integ- integration into some sort of universal messaging thing, which is the same thing that I wish for in terms of Twitch. But Discord does meet the unique combination of needs for me in terms of Twitch especially wherein now other people can talk back live on the stream without having to type because no one likes typing except for me I like typing but that's what you know fucking 30 years of or 20 years being a journalist and fucking 15 years being a programmer will get you Um, (laughs) and a lifetime spent at a keyboard I don't mind typing I actually kind of prefer it because it leaves like a kind of a written record. I like reading chat logs and stuff. Um, Not that I log every chat, but it's always nice to have if a chat is particularly funny or whatever. It's always nice to be able to copy that over. I always ask um, before doing that so you don't have to be paranoid or afraid or whatever. Although you should be, especially of me. But, um, so now people will be able to talk back during our Twitch streams, which is really cool. And I can selectively fucking mute them. Which is even better. So it's kind of like Jupiter Broadcasting's Mumble Room uh, for Linux Unplugged, but without the need to run a Mumble server and without the need to actually make people join. Um, unfortunately, it does not take into account like you know the because I don't have. I mean, I, I just fired Ivor again for like the literally at least the hundred and eightieth time. Ivor's been fired more. Fucking, you're fired, Ivor. No, I didn't say hired, I said fired. Anyway, um so I don't I don't have someone who can work the board for when we do our Twitch streams. And I mean it's a, it's a lot to manage already. Like just doing the stream itself is kind of a lot to manage because like I have to keep my eye on the game and I try to make the game actually, you know, worth watching sometimes. Um it's always that's always the aspirational kind of aspect of it. Um, but other times I just want to show a run or just have the run be recorded for a posterity because it's much easier to upload it to Twitch and then let it expire in our old videos than it is to actually fucking record it and then have to, you know, record to my, my hard drive, then have to transcode it and then have to upload it where it is, again, transcoded, like, to YouTube or someplace. I like having Twitch. It's much better. But, uh, so yeah, those are, like, the, the three things that happen all the time four things that happen all the time simultaneously every time I live stream is you have to play the game ideally I mean, most of the time I try to talk but, and sometimes I try to keep everything to like one specific topic but other times I'm just muted and you can just see me drinking and playing fucking whatever game I'm playing because that's really the purpose of the Twitch stream secondary everything else is secondary to the primary purpose for the Twitch stream of just showing you what the fuck it is I'm playing. Um, which is kind of cool. And it also helps me take the temperature of the audience. Like, I mean, sometimes, you know, tons of people will join when I'm playing one specific game. Other times, no one will fucking join. Depends on the time of day. You know, blah, blah, blah. And, it, and it, it's, the other thing is, it, so that, that's the primary purpose. The secondary purpose is to just have rec- recordings of runs of roguelikes that I don't have to actually record because it's a lot of disk space and a lot of freaking time and pain in the ass. The third purpose is okay switch that. Second purpose is actually to meet and interact directly with listeners because that's super cool um, and that's what Twitch is so good at. I mean Twitch is really an amazing platform for that especially in terms of video games. But across, I mean, I could see it working across all kinds of mediums. Um, Really having direct interaction with your audience. So the Discord channel serves that purpose as well. Then the third thing is, you know, to help the podcast itself to, you know, attract more listeners because no one... Not no one, because you're listening to this and I'm listening to it. Well, I'm not going to listen to it because I'm recording it. I'm saying it right now. I never listen back to my old shit because it just puts me to sleep. Um, Unless, I mean, like, if I know that, like, the technical, technically it's okay, then, you know, I'm not going to listen to it again unless something really funny happened or, you know, whatever. Because um, it just it literally puts me right, right the fuck to sleep. Same thing for all my albums, it's like, unless I'm recording an album, I can, or I'm working on a composition, or I'm actually working towards a larger goal, or I'm trying to, you know, check out a mix, I cannot stand listening to my own shit. I'm, I'm sure I'm not in the minority on that score, uh, a little self-deprecating humor there, but anyway, um lost my point, but anyway, so we have a Discord channel so there, come and interact with us, or interact with e- yourself or each other, play it with your mom or your little sister take your mom to the prom or your little sister you know um play it with your friends or your grandma quote monumental monumental failure Um. anyway, so Discord channel our feature this week Oh, wait, no, okay, so, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I got the rundown fucked up there. Uh, The Column, Best Linux Games The Column, will hopefully return this weekend. It'll be on either one of two topics. It'll either be on uh, how Proton is fucking absolutely pure black magic lightning in a bottle gold that is a transformative, glorious thing, but also harbors, you know, of course, dark potential implications. And outcomes, unforeseen outcomes uh, that we cannot predict. Who who might come with me to see what this might portend? Kind of thing. Because uh, you have to have both sides, or it'll be a more complete review of No Man's Sky. Because I keep playing this fucking game, and I wasn't very happy with our with, with the review that. That, that I I pushed out like a fucking desperate last gasp turd on fucking Wednesday. Um, I'm saying fuck a lot this episode. It's fuck you, fuck this, fuck that, fuck everything, fuck everyone, fuck all of us, fuck me harder! Um, <laughs> I am completely out of my mind tonight, evidently. I'm kind of pumped that it's a Friday and we're actually, we're actually, anyway, so... um. I wasn't very happy, because there, there were several key points that I missed. I, I, did, I did actually listen back to that episode. Um, but I was really stoned when I listened back to it, and I was going to sleep, and that's why I put it on. But uh, I remember, I missed a lot of stuff, but the game, I'm 102 hours into this game, and I have not even scratched the surface of this game. And I am nowhere near the point of not enjoying it. But I, I failed to bring up several critical um, points that, that that are legitimate that I have and that many other players of No Man's Sky feel. So I, I'll either do a proton rant or a, a real, like, a good review of No Man's Sky. Because um, one one of the things that I think I did do pretty well in, and Beardy J mentioned this. Thank you, Beardy J, for the, the kind words. Um was that, like, I, the reason I wanted to review it so intensely, even though it is, like, you know, a couple years old or whatever, even though that's not entirely true because it's only been since the last two updates, which is, like, late July and late August, that the game has actually become awesome instead of, like, what everyone hated for two years when it was uh, in early access or whatever. Um, the, that So, like, you need to check out No Man's Sky, is what I'm trying to say. And I wanted to get that word out with a review. But, and so, and so, I, I, I missed a bunch of things because I, 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 that I wanted to talk about, about No Man's Sky. But I did actually manage, I think, to convey some of the um just awesomeness of jumping in your spaceship and just let's go. Where are we gonna go? I don't know. We're we're gonna go someplace that no one's ever seen before. We're gonna see things that no one's ever seen before. We're gonna discover shit. We're gonna wander around. We're gonna, like, it's going to be glorious. Like, punching through the atmosphere and stuff like that. There were, So all the color commentary, is what I'm trying to say, ended up in last week's episode. I would like to maybe put a more concise and critical analytical analysis... analytical, uh... Mm, you know, dissection uh, of the game in print, just to have it formalized, because this is a very special game. So that brings us to our feature this week, which I'm not going to tell you what it is. The computer is now ready. Please i <laughs> What do you think? Oh my God! It's Bolivians, never gonna let you down I can read your mind this week's feature I can't read you I can't read you, I can read your mind take it, Skooky I know, man, yeah, you kiss your mother with a mouth, anyway, yes, so our feature this week I boy, you're fired um, <laughs> our feature this week, uh is yeah, is, not our cause it Our feature is called Two Excellent Fucking Proton Games. Two more excellent fucking proton games. Two excellent proton games. Um, can I say that again? Well, I already said it three times, so that's one more than twice. So, these, both of these games are fucking rad. They both run impeccably well on my uh, Mint 18 box. 18.3 18.3 with uh, I have it. I run an NVIDIA 1080 Ti, but it should. I, I know from Beardy J that uh, he runs a 1050 Ti, which is a, a fantastic video card. Um, and he could run No Man's Sky, so these games should also run flawlessly and Snail Squatch runs one of these games uh, as well. I can't remember what... uh, He's on Arch, though. So what I'm trying to say here is there's a broad spectrum of games, a huge chunk of gaming, that is now available to us, the likes of which it's kind of difficult to comprehend, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the awesome wealth that now is available to us as Linux gamers. Um, Forgetting the Holy War implications of... Proton, maybe disincentivizing anyone developing straight for Linux. But who the fuck develops straight for anything anymore? Especially in terms of games. Like, most games these days start as, you know, ideally for, like, their ideal platform to drop on is, like, iPhone, Android, iPad, and then, what they hope is that, you know, they'll get a Candy Crush or whatever, and they'll be able to fucking it to consoles than computers and among computers, the pecking order unfortunately is currently Windows, Mac OS, which just makes no fucking sense to me I mean, it just makes no sense to me why Mac OS is prioritized over Linux and finally Linux, so I'm not interested in the holy war, I am only interested in the fantastic potential especially because through these connections that I've made with other Linux users um it has kind of even in beta it is proven to me at least that um across a wide range of distros and on multiple uh different hardware you know systems running multiple different hardware configurations different video cards different everything's the proton is working. Now I will say before we get to our two games I will say that yesterday I did buy a game that I had to return immediately because it didn't run and that was uh 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 Warhammer Vermintide 2. I feel very very much no despair at not being able to play the latest iteration of fucking first person shooter Warhammer, although it does mean that it eliminates a first-person shooter that I could potentially play right now in beta for Proton but anyway, it doesn't matter because I bought the game, tried to run it looked up, spent like maybe 10 minutes just like looking at some stuff to see if there was a way that I might be able to help it to run couldn't find anything opened up a Steam return ticket, it was returned within 18 hours I I had the full 60 bucks back. So, not everything runs on Proton. I'm not trying to say that. What I am saying is that a lot of shit absolutely runs on Proton, and it is fan-fucking-tastic. So, before I get to these two... and I think this will be a theme. Like, I I mentioned, when Proton first dropped, thank you, Beardy J, for fucking telling me about Proton. I love you, man. I love you, I love you, I love you. Um, Three weeks ago, or whatever... To get Proton to work, all you have to do is in your Steam client, in case you don't know, in case you've been living underneath a rock, you go to, in your Steam client, you click on Steam in the top left on the, you know, the the command bar or whatever, and you go to Settings, and then on the first tab, under, it's Account, at the bottom it says Beta Participation, you need to change that to Steam Beta Update, and that will actually let Proton work on your system. There's nothing else to do, other than if a game that you want to play is not currently officially whitelisted, meaning that uh, Steam and Valve have already audited the game for compatibility via Steam Play on Linux, then on the same settings page, go to the very bottom where it says Steam Play, click on that tab, and underneath Advanced, click on Enable... Steam play for all games. And what that does is it if if a game hasn't already been whitelisted by Steam, um you know, meaning that they've checked it out and shit, uh, and that it runs on Linux via Steam play, um that'll that will enable it to try to run the game. So you can go pretty fucking merrily through the list of video games that you've always wanted to play or that you wish you could play again but can't because you don't have an Xbox 360 anymore or whatever, you can merely fucking just buy whatever the fuck you want and see if it runs, and then if it doesn't run, return it. Um, Which is fucking rad. I mean, like, I, I, I... I spent a lot of time in the early days of this podcast extolling the virtues of this system, of this specific mechanism, which almost kind of makes us redundant if it were not for the sheer tidal flood of day-by-day awesome games that are coming out that have been coming out traditionally for Linux over the last four years Um, but now there's 27, there's 5,000 games available for Linux via Steam there are 27,000 plus games available on Steam that are technically only playable on other operating systems or, you know, via wine or whatever. But even via wine is a big fucking headache. So 27,000 is five times more than 5,000. So I am not worried about this podcast going anywhere because now not only do I not only do we get to manage, you know, um wh- you know, t- a triage what games I think that people should be playing, you know, games that are either old or new or whatever, but are awesome and that are now finally available on Linux. It's like you should see the list. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what I'll. Mm, mm, maybe I'll do that for next week. I make a note that you're fired. No, make a note. I will. We'll update the list, the big list of the the um the games that we either need a play like or a direct port of um for linux to check off linux as just a fantastic gaming system it's it's never going to be the preeminent i mean it, it will eventually be it, eventually linux will conquer everything that i mean that much we all know um, and i'm not i'm not even joking like you know um but uh in terms of like the short term in terms of recommending it to your gaming friends and stuff our list of those genres and those titles and those franchises, since Proton, that list has been sounding like a fucking pinball machine. I mean, fucking Bayonetta, you know, all the way down. Like, it's just fucking nuts. Skyrim, all the way down. Um, You know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. So anyway, in our, in our attempt to help you, gentle listener, Um, navigate, the fucking... I mean, it's 27... It's 22,000 more games, technically, that you should be able to play. And it's still in beta! That's a lot of fucking games. So, we're here to help, and in... In that... In that spirit, I present... This week's feature. Two games... That run fantastically on Proton... That are not to be missed. Um... First off, we'll start with Snail Squatch's pick because I want to bury the lead because the second game, I haven't gotten so much into our first game, but the second game, I'm going to rant about vociferously probably to the tune of this episode taking another 30 minutes. But anyway, first off, in our two, two games that you should probably check out for Proton, Snail Squatch recommended Monster Hunter World. Which, when he originally recommended this to me, like, three weeks ago, I thought that he... First of all, I thought that he was fucking high. Second of all, I thought it was a Pokemon game. But he 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 kept after me, and I looked it up, and I, I looked, and it was... It's... It might have the worst title of any video game that, like, you've played, or haven't played, or ha- have or haven't heard about in, like, maybe... Maybe ever. Monster Hunter World is not the right name for this game. Um, It has nothing to do with Pokemon. It has everything to do with online or solo play with up to four people, a party of up to four people, fucking demi-isometric, third person, uh, unbelievable monster hunting in this supremely detailed fantasy universe that is basically entirely unique. I don't know if it's based off of an anime or something, or if it's like a sequel to something, but it is a fucking sandbox, Grand Theft Auto-style fantasy fucking world in which you hunt monsters. Like monsters, like dinosaurs, like like giant demon beasts. Um, it has a lot of aspects in common it shares a lot of the shares a lot of um, the shock and awe flash and style aspects of Bayonetta, but with a much more. Um, I've only played it for like three hours, but it has a much more uh, much much more finely grained focus on like the role playing game elements. So it's like you know uh, upgrading your character, their equipment etc. It also, but simultaneously it is not a turn-based fucking Final Fantasy style. This is like third-person action-based um you know, jump I mean, if it, if it didn't take place in this fantasy world where like they, I don't think they have guns in the game at all, um, but they do have lots of swords, uh, it's, it's a sworded affair. In fact, that's what we should call this week's episode. We should call it a sworded S-W-O-R D, yes, you see what I did there, yes it, take a moment to embrace the pain yes, a a sworded affair um, upgrading your character tweaking, you know, tweaking out your equipment, and then also learning your combos and stuff, and mastering different approaches to different fucking monsters um so it's kind of like A freeform version of The Witcher 2. I haven't played The Witcher 3 yet. But evidently, Witcher 3, according to Snail Squatch, runs great via Proton. And he's running Arch. He's running Integros. Um, so that's fucking cool. Monster Hunter is a bit expensive. It's like 60 bucks, I think. Um, but you can play it by yourself or you can play it with fucking three of your friends online. I don't think I've ever seen a game that has this level of graphical detail with th- these types of play mechanics that is offered this much online play. Currently, the reviews are mixed. This is not a review. This is just a feature. It's one of the, you know, you should check out this game. Um, Monster in a World, by the way, builds itself as Welcome to a New World! In Monster Hunter World, the latest installment in the series, you can enjoy the ultimate hunting experience, using everything at your disposal to hunt monsters in a new world teeming with surprises and excitement. <laughs> Dark evil menacing laughter. Emphasis my own. Um uh, Monster Hunter World is 60 bucks. Um and the reviews have been mixed, which is kinda interesting, but this is a brand new game. This is like Top of the line, AAA title, I hate that term, but, like, if that's, that's what Proton has unlocked for us. This came out on August 9th of last month. Normally, we would have to wait, as Linux users, two to five to never years to be able to play a game of this quality, of this top tier, you know, allegedly top tier. Because, like I said, this is not a review, um, I, I I like Monster Hunter. Um, World, Monster Hunter World. Uh, it's very pretty. Um, it runs very well. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it though, in terms of like with like an informed critical perspective, because I only have let's see. I only have. Oh God! Where the fuck? Why can't? It, why won't it show it to me? I only have. Yeah, I got about three hours logged in the game. So many games now. And if you feel that way, as I do, then yes, you too are rejoicing. Um and it is 60 bucks, but uh check it out. I mean, seriously, especially if you have a lot of friends who like have moved like, you know, if you're like me, if you're old as fuck, and all of your friends have moved away, or like you've moved away. And like that's one of the nice things about games these days, is like games and Twitch and podcasts and all this stuff, is like you can you know, you can still be... You can use these things as, like, um... A platform, kind of, to just stay in touch with your friends, which is really cool. Um, I think. So, yeah. So, that's Monster Hunter World. Now... Which I think is a very special game. Or has the potential to be a very special game. I don't know for a fact yet. Snail Squatch absolutely fucking loves this game. And I respect and trust Snail Squatch's opinion. Um... Even though he's like, I haven't known him that long, we have interfaced on a very deep level. Same thing with Beardy J, same thing with Artie, all of my friends that I know from the internet. Yeah, Captain Ford, NZNB, who hasn't been around that much lately, um, Infamous One, you know, all friends of the show, fans of the show, or just people that I've met playing games. Uh, but specifically it's the Linux users that I really, really love, and that's Snail Squatch SMB and Beardy J. Fuck you, Artie. <laughs> Kidding. I kid Artie. Artie Artie is a Windows user, but she's still nice. She's <laughs> we go way back, me and Artie. And of course, Joe Base belonged to us, you know. Um, so Monster Hunter World, it's great and all that. Or it might be great and all that. It's definitely a game you need to check out. Our second game of this week's feature is very special it's not No Man's Sky special which I cannot stop playing but it is very, very special to give you an idea of how special it is last night was the first night that I got this game and by the way, this game is whitelisted for Proton, so this is like virtually guaranteed to run on any Linux system. You know, if you have the if you have enough horsepower graphically to power it, which you should. If you have like a ten fifty, let's see. Uh, wait, you know what? Let's not just hypothesize about this. It's weird though because you can't really get the stats, the the system requirements for games that run on Proton through the Steam Store page because they really haven't ha- come up with a good way of. But I mean the Proton's still in beta so they, it kind of makes sense that they haven't done that yet. But anyway, let's see the Windows system requirements for this game. GTX 770 VRAM 2GB or AMD Radeon R9 270X VRAM 2GB or better. And that and this game runs on Windows 7. Oh wait, it's recommended GeForce GTX 9 80 VRAM, 4GB, we've got 4GB of video RAM, or AMD Radeon R9 380X or better. Okay? So if your card is anywhere in that ballpark, you should be fine. I bought a copy of this for uh, Jeff Jeffy Wise. Good friend Jeff Jeffy Wise, because I don't think that he would he doesn't play he doesn't have a lot of time anymore to play games, and this game is also expensive. It is 60 bucks. It's $59.99. Came out March 17th, 2017. I lo- I hate the Steam store copy of this game because it's so short and it does really very little to explain why the game is awesome. But luckily, the reviews, recent reviews have been very positive, 298. All reviews, very positive, 25,636. Very rarely do we get to cover games on this podcast. That have such fucking overwhelmingly broad appeal just by the, the numbers uh, in terms of users' experience with it. It is called Near Automata, N I E R, space, A U T O M A T A. Near Automata. Here's what they have to say Near Automata tells the story of Androids 2B, 9S, and A2 and their battle to reclaim the machine-driven dystopia overrun by powerful machines. Okay. Why not just say Near Automata is a really kick-ass video game that'll blow your fucking face off. Buy it now. I mean, like, that's, like, essentially the details that I got. But when you combine that with the visuals of just, like, the scrolling screenshots on the Steam Store page... Oh my... What a compelling reason to buy. What a compelling reason to test your machine. And by the way, if it doesn't run, like I said earlier, just fucking return it. It will run, though. I virtually guarantee it. It will run. So here's the deal with Near Automata. Again, lots of swordplay. You are an android. You are a hot bitch android. Uh, wait, correction. A... Motherfucking deadly assassin fucking ninja from the future, hot bitch, ninja, futuristic, hot bitch, ninja android. This, I'm not going to tell you anything about the story because this is my favorite thing about Nier Automata, even though, like, the game is just such a delight to play. Um, this, it's And it's an inscrutable story. It's like if, so, near Automata, the whole game takes place in a third person, uh, you know, rotating, you know, Tomb Raider, Tom, Tomb Raider, I said it right the first time, for the first time ever, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider style, Bayonetta-esque style camera uh, that you can rotate around your character and stuff. Um, heavily focused on combat and role-playing game elements, and so it's very similar to Monster Hunter in a lot of ways. But really, the best way to describe Near Automata is so Bayonetta it is one of my favorite games of all time. Now it's been at least ten years, and so now I can ascribe. I you know I now have perspective enough to to give it that title. It's not my favorite game of all time. My favorite game of all time still is Fallout Two. As you know, as I've said in my books, and print columns and etc. But Bayonetta, it might be my second favorite game of all time. What makes Bayonetta great? Style. Substance. The actual combos. The fact that you can level up your combos. You can buy new equipment. You can customize everything. You can... It's extremely difficult. Um, it has a an insane story that makes... Almost zero cents. Um, and from the first second that you put on Bayonetta, if you have never played Bayonetta, go fucking buy Bayonetta right now. And and switch that flip underneath your Steam thing so that it supports all games, because you can fucking play Bayonetta on your, on your fucking Linux box right now. And if you've never played Bayonetta, you need to play Bayonetta right fucking now, okay? I know I've, I've said it a lot on this podcast before, but it's true. All of those things, all of those aspects, all those great enduring qualities of Bayonetta, and you know, of course, finely tuned controls, insane, insane action, with these just set piece to set piece to set piece of like, I cannot believe that they had the budget for this, this is beyond insane, mind-blowing, and it still is mind-blowing, ten years fucking later. Near Automata, In that category, if Bayonetta is its own category, which Bayonetta is, I love Bayonetta. I don't know if you can, let me tell you how I really feel about Bayonetta. But if Bayonetta is its own category, which it certainly is, there is now another entry underneath Bayonetta. It is not as good as Bayonetta. It is, it's, 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 you know, it's not as stylish it is more serious. It takes itself more serious. More seriously. But nonetheless, it is the only game I have played since Bayonetta that can hold a candle to Bayonetta. And they are very different games. Bayonetta is very different from Nier Automata. So what does Nier Automata bring to the table? It's almost, you know, it's, it's like I said, Bayonetta is its own category. So it's unfair, really, to compare any Game since to Bayonetta, unless it out Bayonetta Bayonetta. And I thought about the first Bayonetta. I've never played any of the sequels. It's just, it's just Bayonetta, baby. It's just Bayonetta. I'm a purist. Um, and someone who's never owned a PlayStation 4. So anyway, Near Automata. Near Automata, which is developed by Squaresoft, you know, Final Fantasy people, Square Enix, which is what they've become. Square Enix has, so imagine if you took Final Fantasy, well, say 7 or 10, or the one with Sin, I can't remember which one that was, that was like 8 or 9, oh god, I get the, they all blur together, and then they, then they put out the one with the, the tall people that no one liked, um, and I didn't play, but anyway, just take like a really good modern Final Fantasy sequel cut out the, uh, turn-based, you know, squad-based, um, semi-card-based battle sequences, cross that with, um, Zelda A Link to the Past, set it in a far-flung, futuristic, dystopian, uh, post-apocalyptic Earth with incredibly uh detailed science fiction elements an inscrutable plot that reveals itself to you slowly and with to great effect the plot is probably probably my, my second favorite thing about near near automata. Nier automata then wrap all of that up inside of a third person Bayonetta style swords and um, swords and guns type of gameplay, but with all of the same heavy emphasis on actual character upgrading, um like, you know, upgrading your stats, upgrading your weapons, you know, kind of similar to, uh, I keep wanting to call Monster Hunter World monster fashion, Miss you, miss you, miss Mister Keen, my old master, Master Keen, Jared Keen. I wish that book were still in print, cause he used to be my he used to be my old editor. But anyway, um, it's very similar to Monster Hunter World in in that respect, but it has many many new twists. Now, the style factor for this game is out of control. Your character, whose name I forget. It's, yeah, it's 2B or not to be. I know. That is the question. I did a huge stone soliloquy during 1 hour of gameplay on the Twitch stream which is still up there on the uh, underneath the video tab uh, last night that would be twitch.com twitch.tv/skookiesprite skookiesprite. Check it out. It's pretty funny. It does reveal a lot of the story though. Um the style factor for 2B is out of control. It is on the same level as Bayonetta. You are this immensely hot android who does not wear pants and whose panties it's really weird. It's like the game taunts me by constantly emphasizing, not emphasizing, but it just it it, it just happens a lot. Like that you see her panties and it's just weird because it's like grown ass man I'm being attracted to a fucking Cartoon anime android ninja robot in a video game. It's it's a little puts too fine a point on it. Now don't get me wrong. I'm a I'm incredibly perverse. I'm a nasty nasty motherfucker. But it's weird having it thrown in your face. I like kind of constantly, you know. Blah. She kicks ass. She has um, multiple swords. She has super futuristic technology. Um, and she has a drone, and the drone follows her around it like flies like over your right shoulder and the drone is what does all the shooting you do all the slashing you can customize every aspect of your playstyle in terms of your uh role as B2 because very shortly after the after the the first 20 minutes of gameplay you gain a partner so it's you it's B2 her drone um and the whiny fucking simpering other android who's her partner, who travels with her, is with her at all times, in all combat situations, he has a drone too, I think. The drones are upgradable. You can change beyond, like, upgrading, like, your actual stats, and upgrading your actual weapons, and changing your actual weapons and stuff. You can literally talk to your sidekick, who will reconfigure. This this is so cool. It sounds stupid, but it is so cool who will reconfigure your entire combo system approach to combat according to, like, seven different uh, base set uh, template specifications. Base template specifications. Like, for instance, um, I want to be passive. I want to let everyone else kill everything else. I want to hang back. I want to attack from a distance. I want to be aggressive. I want to go in there. I want to be up close. I want to... At the expense of, you know, defense, I want to be able to put the hurt on them. Or I want long range. I want to have everything reconfigured so that, like, I can attack from a distance or from at least a marginally safe distance, theoretically. Um, and there's there's many more. There's, like, three others that I can't even remember. I, I normally like the balanced, um, aggressive, uh, or long distance uh, settings, but you can play the game depending on the combat situation, however you like. The illusion of free will in this game is intense and incredible, but it still maintains a, um, what do you call it? A, uh, it still has a solid, not just a solid, but a really, really, really good, addictive, intriguing narrative. So it's like, it almost reminds me of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. In that regard. Um, Let's have some more whiskey. And then we'll close up. Uh, But I do have a couple more things to say about Near Automata. Cheers to all my friends. Congratulations. We have Proton now. We are first class citizens. It's fucking rad. Mm. So. The combat is fantastic. The moves are stunning. Her moves are absolutely stunning, and there are many of them, and there are many of them to master. And every enemy is a little different. Every enemy requires a little bit of a different approach, especially in terms of the geography in which you meet them. So, a couple of other things about Nier Automata. Like I said, the style points are through the roof. It is a sandbox. So it's basically go anywhere, do anything. Like, you can unlock areas and, you know, it's jump boots and lock doors, more or less. Although, instead of jump boots and lock doors, it's more or less on a timer kind of thing. So it's like, okay, fine, yeah. So if you complete this mission for that person, then this place becomes open or whatever. But it doesn't matter. The fact that it is so simple in its uh, design, overall design and quest construction, in no way diminishes um, the fundamental conflict of the game. I'm not going to tell you anything about the story, but what I will tell you is that after your first 45 minutes, after your first 30 minutes in the game, you will need to know what the fuck is going on. And you will need to know this. This happened to me last night to such an extent, and this is very rare. The first time I started the game, the fir- from the very first time I booted the game up, the first time, I played for one eight-hour-long session straight. That is the hallmark of a really compelling game. So not only are the characters interesting, they're not at first, but after the first 20 minutes, after you know you do the first it's it's only 20 minutes long. There is no cinema sequence at the beginning of the game if I, if I if I remember correctly. There is no description or introduction of like what the fuck is going on. You kind of hate everyone who talks. It's like, you know, just like the voice acting is very good. The 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 um and the dialogue actually gets better and better as you understand the characters more and more but it only makes these questions get bigger and bigger especially the, especially once you get into the story now, a fascinating game mechanic that is present in Nier Automata which I think, I hope that's how you pronounce it, I don't know how it's N-I-E-R which is a great name, cause like it's easy to find Nier Automata N-I-E-R, just put that in your Steam store search thing and bam there's only one there's no other game that even has that that um, that those characters in in that sequence uh, anywhere in any word of any game on the Steam Store. It's pretty brilliant, so it it, it sticks out. Um, and graphically, it's just it's out of control, gorgeous. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned that it's out of control, gorgeous. Um, but one interesting mechanic in the game is that if you die, which you do, die a lot. Um, depending on how good you are or how careless you are you get to write a poem which is kind of cool in fact I think it's very cool then you respawn at like wherever the fucking nearest base thing is or like you know nearest campsite or whatever the fuck and then you have this chilling challenge which is almost minecraft Mi- like. like when I ran IHC <coughs> we had a I, I, I had a uh, a mod that um, a mod that we ran on the server where uh, your last death location could be discovered with a compass and would be saved until you got there so if you died you lost all your inventory in Minecraft um, on our server but unlike in Minecraft you didn't necessarily need to know exactly where you were all you needed was to fucking make a compass get back to that world and then go find your body to get all your shit back. This same mechanic is present in Near Automata, but with a fucking malicious twist. You will find... Okay, first of all, let's stay on topic. So the malicious twist is this. If you don't get back to your body in time, and there is no specific timer, but it does specifically state that... There is a time limit. It doesn't tell you what it is, though. If you don't get back to your body in time, it derezzes. Like in Tron, it just disappears. And all of the stuff that it has disappeared. But this does not just extend to inventory. This extends to your implants, your plugins. Basically, this is my understanding of it. Basically, all the shit that like, you've upgraded and um, made better about your Android... About your B two, gets lost if you don't get back there soon enough. So far, the longest that I've spent, I think, chasing one of my corpses, I was very stoned when this happened last night. Um, was around fucking. It was over thirty minutes, somewhere around there. Um, and it was a motherfucker because I got killed by. Uh, I got ambushed by. <coughs> these. Uh, these guys who are like three bosses all at once, it was fucked up the boss encounters are amazing they're huge, they are huge I mean, humongous they are like, colossus sized bosses um, the other thing about corpses, there are lots of dead androids around, other other androids like yourself, you guys are fighting the resistance against the machines That's that much is not a spoiler um, even though, which is ironic because you are a machine. You're a fucking hot, killing ninja bitch machine of a fucking assassin motherfucker. You're like a, you're like fucking Darth Vader and Bayonetta all rolled up into one. Anyway. But there are other corpses that you will find and they all have death poems. Now you can have, you you get a choice when you find a new corpse and they are everywhere. They are everywhere. They are in a b- abundant supply. Um, you get a choice when you discover a corpse. That's not your own. You can revive them. And they all have death poems that they all wrote themselves, by the way. And you can read their death poem. Uh, and then you can choose. And death poems, the, the mechanism for the writing the death poems is so cool. Because it, it breaks it up into three. It's like Mad Libs, but you get the choice of three different you you have to you have to input three phrases from a menu each you know first second and third each has its own menu of things so you can make all sorts of really fascinating and moving poetry which is hilarious considering that there is this fucking fantastic knock your eyes out of your fucking skull graphically, overwhelmingly overwhelming game of carnage, destruction, adventure, exploration, and etc that's awaiting you, and yet you can get mesmerized writing the perfect death poem. At least I I did. I found it to be an excellent interface with, it's like refrigerator magnet poetry, but with phrases instead of just individual words. It's very cool. Um, and I, Last night, in that one video that I mentioned that's on Twitch, we're almost done, don't worry, I only have a couple more things um, I you know I I kept reading all the death poems to to uh we had like two two or three uh people watching for most of that part of of the stream, um and that stream's only an hour long and it is labeled as near automata so check out that but um I kept reading it I kept reading them to to these viewers and. I took, I I finally, I, I, I stopped, and I was like, if you're laughing at this, if you think this is, like, silly bullshit, just because it's, like, poetry, it's, like, refrigerator magnet poetry, i I fucking written books of poetry. Literally, like, it, yeah, I mean, anyway. I know of what, I know of that which I speak in this regard, including Blue Wizard is About to Die, the first collection of poetry about video games ever, uh, 1980 to 2003, Soon to be in a second edition, but anyway, I was like, if you're laughing at this, if you think this is stupid bullshit, then consider. I see the boys of summer in their ruin. You know, I started talking about Dylan Thomas and about Bukowski and about about poetry itself and about like you know how the game. It, it's it's really neat that they incorporated that into the game. But they, so they, so you read their death poem, which they're all one sentence long. Um and then you have a choice. You can either revive them if you don't have a current corpse with you who's like alive and helping you. You can either revive them or you can harvest their resources and commit them into the oblique void of oblivion of non-existence. Um which is very interesting. And having a corpse assistant is great. Like, you need... Like, I I always try to have at least one. Because uh, you can only have one. So that makes it three people. You... That makes it B2. That's yourself. um, The S guy. uh, 9S. Who's a fucking douche at first. But 20 minutes in, you come to really like him a lot. Because crazy shit happens, Um, as it so often does in great video games. And both of you guys have your own drones. So those are four damage creating things. And 9S is nothing to laugh at. He will fuck, he can do all the fighting for you if you wish, more or less. Like, I mean, like, you know, he's essential, though. You would not be able to play the game without 9S. So you both have drones, so those are four damage-producing entities. Yourself, 9S, both of your drones. And then you can have a walking corpse monkey android person who will also fight for you. Um, and they're you know, they're they're not just fucking meat shields or flock catchers. They can fight. A little bit. Not as much as 9S and nowhere near as much as uh, 2B this is amazing this is amazing and if you die before you get back to your corpse everything your corpse had is gone forever so that's also really cool um one of so I ended up this morning when I woke up uh, I mean god I tortured this shit out of Snail Squatch and the Snail Squatch specifically last night we were talking about Bell, all this bullshit but um, a stone out of my mind. I was just so exhausted. Uh, when I woke up this morning, I went and I, because I, I, I knew, I formulated my thoughts about this game, but I wanted to see what like critics had said, because this game, Near Automata, is nowhere near as recent as Monster Hunter World, which came out August 9th. Near Automata came out like two years ago, uh, or no, last year, March 17th, 2017. So almost one year ago. But that's still amazing that like I never thought I was ever gonna be able to play this game. I've it's been on my radar for a long time since it first released. But um when I first woke up, I broke I didn't break my rule, but I try not to ever look at what anyone else has ever said about a video game that I know that I might review because it kind of prejudices me, which is one of the things I like about the Steam Store um pages for games, in that I don't necessarily need to read a review that anyone's written. I can just see what people have thought about the game, you know, recent reviews, all reviews, very positive, negative, mixed, whatever. Um but I I I kind of cheated and someone has the best line about about this video game. I got to want to properly uh credit uh uh uh, uh, uh give this the this this quote proper attribution. Let me find it. And then we're done. Um, Oh shit, it wasn't on their Steam Store page. It must have been somewhere else. But anyway, it was a great fucking line. It basically boiled down to this is one that you do not want to miss. And that is near Automata. Really, I don't even care if you don't like these types of games. The story alone will just drag you by your balls as you fucking cut apart these robots like fucking fresh bread and you're shooting these giant fucking monsters. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's really, really, really good. This is not a review. This is a feature. Stay tuned for a full review later, which is absolutely not a certainty unless we end up with a dry week. But it is in my stack of evergreens and I will beat Near Automata so check that out, so, uh, to wrap it up, uh, Nier Automata, Monster Hunter World, those are our two Proton games, you need to fucking get with the Proton, baby, get with the Proton if you haven't already, fucking click that, click that fucking Steam button in the top left of your Steam client and fucking activate that beta participation, and go hog wild, fucking trying out Windows games, um, I have uh, I, I actually assembled a list this morning, when I was had my I had my, uh, I had my uh, uh, no man's sky like thirty minute warm up, you know, while my brain rebooted because I was so hungover, I was so fucked up last night. It was ridiculous. I was just I was insanely fucked up last night. It was good, it was very good. I slept like a baby. I had weird dreams, but I actually put together a list of the next ten games that I need to see off the top of my head, that are, like, history-making games that are fantastic that I need to try out for you. This is all for you, gentle listener. It has nothing to do with my own enjoyment. I am merely a critic. I'm merely a vessel uh, sent to assist you with critical uh, descriptions and capsule reviews of titles that I fear that otherwise you may not experience or encounter on your own so yes, cheers, thanks for listening check uh, the website uh for the column mm, hopefully sometime this weekend it'll be either on Proton, Proton or No Man's Sky um, and also be sure to join us on our Twitch stream we're live all the time at least three times a day literally three times a day at least three times a day, day day or night, you know three times every 24 hour period. <coughs> we're likely live, and if we're not live when you happen to join us, f- check out our videos tab. We have 300 fucking videos that you can see um and we also have highlight reels and stuff up there. I'm getting a little better at um being more um is it fastidious? I can't remember, I don't I I can't even tell you what fastidious means, but I think it means well, it doesn't matter, so we won't use that word, we'll say I've been getting better at trying to codify the content in terms of highlights, clips and just our videos so you can better navigate them and see gameplay of games that you might like, or that you you might be interested in, or etc. or, you know, clips that have really funny rants in them or just ridiculous, embarrassingly drunk and behavior that is shameful and awful, but I am almost 40 now, old as fuck, evidently things are not going to change, and I have no plans to run for Congress, so <laughs> that gives me a free hand, ah, and nothing illegal, ever, nothing illegal, ever, uh, at least not within the statute of limitations for Nevada, <laughs> but my drug days are long gone, it's all legal out here, baby! So anyway, yeah, check out the uh, twitch.tv slash skookiesprite S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E And, uh, you can check out the website for our dis- for a link to our Discord uh Discord channel or whatever the fuck they call it. Um, it's a permanent link. I mean, like, I've been a, a, a like a lifelong I remember when Discord first launched, I paid for, like, the lifelong thing or whatever. But then I forgot my password because I never use it, hardly ever. But anyway, so cool, there we go, we're done. That's a wrap. Cheers, thank you so much for listening, and check out Near Automata and Monster Hunter World. Catch you later. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, well, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux it's not a problem you alienated part of america i alienated crazy people i like it very much it is i eb farm you're becoming hysterical i'm here i'm there i'm fucking everywhere i'm the Eggman. the best linux games podcast is brought to you by blue wizard is about to die